0: Now, The Three Martini Lunch, with Greg Columbus and Jim Garrity.
1: And welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of The Three Martini Lunch, along with Jim Garrity of National Review, also the author of Between Two Scorpions. I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. We have good, bad, and crazy martinis for conservatives today, all of it brought to you by Quip Electric Toothbrushes. Right now, Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash martini, you can get your first refill pack of brushes for free. Much more on that in just a moment. Jim, our good martini is Democrats fighting in public. How fun is this? Let's start with Politico. Speaker Nancy Pelosi chided progressives in a closed-door meeting Wednesday, calling on them to address their intraparty grievances privately rather than blasting their centrist colleagues on Twitter. Pelosi's comments, which were described as stern, came during the first full caucus meeting since a major blowup over emergency border funding last month between progressive and moderate lawmakers, as well as a recent spat with Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her freshman allies. Quote, So again, you got a complaint? You come and talk to me about it, Pelosi told Democrats, according to a source in the room. But do not tweet about our members and expect us to think that that is just okay. Unquote. Ocasio-Cortez not taking that lying down. She tells the Washington Post when these comments first started, I kind of thought that she was keeping the progressive flank at more of an arm's distance in order to protect more moderate members, which I understood. But the persistent singling out, it got to a point where it was just outright disrespectful. The explicit singling out of newly elected women of color, unquote. So, Jim, the race card is thrown inside the House Democratic Caucus. Nancy Pelosi not really wanting to talk about it Thursday morning at her briefing. Identity politics is a very common weapon from the left against the right. And I think if we're ever going to solve this issue, it's going to have to be because the left turns on each other. So this is a good thing.
0: Yeah, Greg, I was just thinking, boy, that that Rolling Stone cover feels so long ago, doesn't it? (laughs) It was, what, January? You know, maybe they did the photo op. The photo picture was taken in December or something. You know, here it is, July, and the inevitable has occurred, a, a suggestion from AOC that, in the end, she's, you know, Pelosi is not letting her have her way because of racism. I wrote a bit about this in today's Morning Joel. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking about her heavy work schedule she has on her two committees. And that's up to four subcommittees. And, you know, maybe they're giving me a lot of work to keep me busy, you know, to keep me out of their hair and stuff like that. So when I looked, and I, you know, there are people have written about which congressional committees actually have the most work. One of the ones that she's on, government reform and oversight, you know, it's always digging into scandals. And so that's the one. Maybe was in the top three, probably. But uh, Ways and Means handles everything related to taxes. That's always a huge deal. Energy and Commerce has probably the broadest jurisdiction. Um, And they didn't mention it, but I thought, you know, the House Rules Committee is the one that actually, you know, meets almost every day. The floor is in session. You got to work out the rules for the bill. People are always scrabbing about, you know, why, why isn't my amendment on the list? Really, it doesn't seem like that hard a, a workload or, or probably a, a one that's very comparable to everybody else's. And yet Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez acts like she's being unfairly targeted and that somehow Pelosi is punishing her or, or trying to you know, sideline her by putting her on these committees. Also, by the way, the latest in AOC news, she not only does she want to get we abolish ICE, which is now almost a mainstream position in Democratic circles, Uh, She also wants to dissolve the Department of Homeland Security. Now, (laughs) you could argue, there are some people who have said it's created more bureaucracy and more headaches, but almost everything in the Department of Homeland Security, with the exception of the Transportation Security Administration, existed before 9-11, creating DHS really kind of shuffled stuff around. Anybody who kind of looked at this would say, well, even if you want to get rid of DHS, you have to assign them. You got to put the Coast Guard back to the Department of Transportation and stuff like that. I know it will stun some listeners, but it really does seem like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is not all that familiar with the issues. We've talked about her from time to time on this podcast. But look, governing is a skill. This stuff does not necessarily come naturally. There's a lot of topics you need to get up to speed on really fast. So when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says that Pelosi you know, Pelosi's being mean to her, Pelosi's being unfairly targeting her, you kind of wonder she just doesn't understand how Congress works and how much of the job involves going your own way and saying the first thing that pops into your head and picking fights with someone if they disagree with you even if they're in the same party and what times you have to be a team player and what times you have to say you know what leadership has decided to go in this direction i don't like it but unless i want to be you know somebody who's completely fighting with everybody at all times i'm going to have to go along with this so one of the things you have when you have these outsider candidates you know oh i'm not from washington i'm not part of the system you know Well, a lot of them don't seem to understand what the job involves, right? So now when Pelosi's not letting AOC have her way and they're having this friction and Pelosi's telling her, stop picking fights with members of your own caucus, AOC's only conceivable explanation for it is racial animosity. Everything kind of comes down to that. So I, I mentioned the comment from Aravosa saying, I'm getting tired of making excuses for three freshman Democrats who keep shooting their mouths off. This is a good turning into an untenable situation. AOC and her compatriots seem really convinced they've got the party with them. I'm not so sure. You know, Pelosi didn't get where she was without having serious leverage, knowing where the bodies are buried, so to speak. We're had doing a lot of favors for a lot of Democrats, being really good at fundraising. We will see how this fight shakes out. But first of all, if you're on the right side of the spectrum, you're just popping popcorn and enjoying every minute of it. And in an interesting way, AOC, I think you're right, is going to end up forcing Democrats to say. Hey, our obsession with identity politics has now given a situation where anybody can be accused of racism on the most specious and, and, and kind of you know nonsensical basis, and it automatically puts someone under a cloud of suspicion. Look, the Democrats made this bed; now they have to sleep in it. I do think, however, that you know day by day, AOC becomes more and more of a, a significant headache for the rest of the party.
1: Jim, you often like to give molecules of sympathy. Do you have any for Nancy Pelosi here? Because I don't in particular, because she spent the last 30 plus years engaging in identity politics a lot of the time trying to attack the right.
0: I heard you, Greg. I'm just I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm looking for that molecule of sympathy. <laughs> nope. Nope. Neither. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I suppose in this situation. You could say Pelosi being unfairly criticized, you know, and, and you know, but uh, no, Pelosi, you had a lot of opportunities to stand up to this phenomenon before it came and started biting you.
1: <laughs> that's right. Well, Jim, you mentioned that uh, folks on the right like us can start popping the popcorn, but after you eat the popcorn, you got to <laughs> get the stuff out of your teeth. And that's where Quip Electric Toothbrushes comes in. Packing your toiletries somehow always involves a delicate game of stacking and space hacking. And don't get us started on that lotion that can explode all over your shaving kit. That's why Quip Electric toothbrushes work just as well at home as they do on the go. The compact and wireless design tucks easily in the corner of your carry-on or your back pocket if you're just spending the night. Plus, the travel-ready cover protects your brush from sandy swimsuits and luggage slip-ups. And its three-month battery life will last throughout a season filled with weekends away. Quip is making it easier than ever to keep up with your wake-up and wind-down routine, even when you're out of the office and out of town.
0: The Quip toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that is gentle on your sensitive gums. There's a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and to help you clean your whole mouth evenly. Quip's multi-use cover works as a stand, it mounts to mirrors, and it slides over your bristles to pack and protect your Quip on the go. This is Greg said, you don't want sand or goo or hair gel or anything else in your toothbrush. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule for every three months for just $5, a friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes that is accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by more than 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. And now there's the Quip Kids Brush, the new brush that has the same as the original version, but tweaked for sized down mouths. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products that their grown-ups in their life use, and they're proud to use Quip. And in case you're wondering, my kids had no problem with the toothpaste that comes with it your kids probably won't either. Help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks.
1: Jim, that's exactly right. You love the Quip. You've talked about it many times on the podcast. My wife uses Quip. She absolutely loves it. And as I mentioned a couple of days ago, uh, there's no guesswork about when to switch the brushes because Quip just sends them uh, on a regular schedule. And so you're always getting the best possible clean. And if you're not a morning person like me, uh, and you're just kind of sleepwalking through your morning routine, those electronic pulses, which tell you when to switch sides on brushing, also come in very handy as well. So that's why we love Quip, and we want to tell you that Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash martini right now, you can get your first refill pack of brushes for free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash martini. All right, Jim, let's move on to our bad martini now. And it was only a few weeks ago that uh, the U.S. was within minutes of launching attacks at strategic sites inside Iran over a series of Iranian provocations. Uh, The one that really was the tipping point or was nearly the tipping point was the shooting down of an American drone. And as the United States uh, seemed to be on the, the brink of military action, even after they announced that they pulled it back, A lot of folks on the left and in the media were saying, well, how do we even know if Trump and John Bolton are telling the truth? They they have uh, forfeited their right to the benefit of the doubt and and so forth. Well, maybe you'll believe the British because here's The Washington Post. Three Iranian vessels attempted to stop a British tanker traveling through the Strait of Hormuz, Britain said Thursday, in the latest escalation between Iran and Western powers in recent weeks. A British Navy ship, the HMS Montrose, quote, was forced to position herself between the Iranian vessels and the tanker, the British heritage, and issue verbal warnings to the Iranian vessels, which then turned away. The British government said in a statement, we are concerned by this action and continue to urge the Iranian authorities to de-escalate the situation in the region, the statement went on to say. So, Jim, more confirmation that the Iranians are the bad guys, not that we needed a whole lot more.
0: Yeah, Greg, I'm going to tell you a story from my trip earlier this year to Vienna, Austria. The U.S. Embassy had set up a whole bunch of speaking to audiences and and various circumstances for me to share my thoughts on things. And one of them was an English-speaking radio station. It wasn't BBC, but the interviewer very much had a BBC tone to her, shall we say. And the very first question in the interview is, why is America trying to start a war with Iran? (laughs) And you. Oh, I, by the way, the whole interview was basically assuming that I was an administration spokesman, not a you know conservative journalist who writes for National Review, who agrees with the administration some days, disagrees with the administration others. You can get a sense. It, it's online somewhere. You can listen to it. I, I hope I did a good enough job vehemently disagreeing with the propositions of all of the questions. But this is a good example of how you know, those who want to say, oh, John Bolton is this, you know, walrus mustached warmonger, you know, <laughs> look. Iran does more than its share of provocations, including things like this that are basically one step removed from war. This is a regime that was founded on a hostage crisis. Right. So even if you hate Trump, even if you hate Bolton, even, if you know, at some point you have to allocate some amount of blame to the Iranian regime. And you have to recognize that they are not some gentle, easygoing, you know, live and let live regime. They seek out conflict. They are aggressive. They are constantly looking to see what the red lines are of their neighbors and of other regimes and of other countries. And they're constantly probing to see what can we get away with. And unless you do something now, doesn't mean you have to blow stuff up. Although I think at some point that almost becomes inevitable. You can, you know, look at various sanctions. There are various cybersecurity initiatives you can take. There are, you know, many options short of war of basically firing a shot across the bow. Including literally firing a shot across the bow, you know, of Iranian naval vessels, that you can do to say to Iran, you can't do this. You do this, there's going to be a response. You know, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Put whatever cliche you want in there. This is, you know, more of what Iran is doing. And unless they get significant pushback, unless there's significant consequence, they're going to keep doing this. And at some point, all of this effort against civilian vessels of, of foreign flags, at some point, somebody's going to get hurt. I completely understand why Trump, you know, back down at the last minute of, of that U.S. military strike. I understand the desire to not escalate the conflict. But at some point, steps like this mean, you know, Iran is going to keep doing this until you know, they're going to keep reaching for the cookie jar until they get slapped, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I was the youngest brother. My middle brother, I would uh, antagonize quite a bit and uh, he'd let it go and he'd let it go and he'd let it go. And then he'd pound me. And so this is kind of what I huh. think the Iranians are teeing themselves up for. All right, well, let's talk about some more good news, and that's For Patriots, where you can find them at forpatriots.com slash martini and find all the great deals, including getting a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. satisfaction guaranteed. Visit 4Patriots.com slash martini to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X with the free solar panel included. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4Patriots.com slash martini. That's 4Patriots.com slash martini. All right, let's move on to our crazy martini now. Congratulations, Amy McGrath, Kentucky uh, Democratic Senate candidate. Yesterday, you were our good martini for... How way too liberal you are for the Commonwealth of Kentucky and how even MSNBC experts were saying, yeah, she doesn't really have much of a chance. And now Amy McGrath has once again made her way into the three martini lunch, this time in the crazy. Let's go to roll call. Kentucky Democrat Amy McGrath reversed course Wednesday night on whether she would have voted for Supreme Court Justice Brett M. Kavanaugh just a day after launching her campaign to unseat Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. McGrath tweeted that she would have voted against Kavanaugh's confirmation to the high court after saying in an interview with the Louisville Courier-Journal earlier in the day that she, quote, probably would have voted for him. McGrath told the newspaper that the allegations of sexual misconduct raised by Christine Blasey Ford during the Kavanaugh confirmation process were credible, but she did not consider them disqualifying. She said, quote, I think it's credible... But given the amount of time that lapsed in between and from a judicial standpoint, I don't think it would really disqualify him, unquote, she said. When pressed, she said she would have tended to favor the confirmation. Quote, you know, I think that with Judge Kavanaugh, yeah, I probably would have voted for him, McGrath said. Well, that didn't make the Twitter mobs on the left happy. After the story was published, McGrath took to Twitter to walk back those remarks. Quote, I was asked earlier today about Judge Brett Kavanaugh, and I answered based on his qualifications to be on the court, she tweeted. But upon further reflection and further understanding of his record, I would have voted no, unquote. So, Jim, in the 10 months since the confirmation, she still uh, was a yes vote, allegedly. And then a few tweets from the hardcore left, and all of a sudden she's had further time to reflect. This is clearly the type of bold, principled leader Kentucky needs. You know,
0: I was going to nominate this as the crazy martini because my thinking was, dear God, how are you unprepared for that question? But I think now it's the crazy martini because she was prepared for that question. And this was her idea of a good answer. (laughs) I mean, this idea of, well, I think there's a really good chance that he did it, but I still would have supported him. Now, (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, Greg. I don't think even Joe Manchin went that far. No. Right. I mean, he basically, you know, made clear he did not, you know, find the, the allegations plausible. I think you'd safe to say that, you know, even if it was a long time ago that this sort of behavior described was, uh, uh, look, you just don't get to be on the Supreme Court if you've done something like that. And she really seemed to think that she could kind of thread the needle here, that that she would be able to somehow say, well, I'm troubled by, you know, I'm, by him, but I'm still going to vote for him or something like that. And look, you, you know, that old saying about the only thing you find in the middle of the road are yellow lines and dead armadillos. Um, first of all, judicial nominations are going to be a huge fight for now until probably the end of time in the United States, or at least until uh, we shrink the size of government and people are less likely to have their, their you know, have their these big complicated political issues uh, get sorted out by the Supreme Court until that happens, if you're a senator, you have to be ready for questions like this. And the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation fight was one of the biggest, highest stakes, most dramatic, most surprising confirmation fights we'd seen probably since the Clarence Thomas hearings. And, you know, we got, you know, Molly Hemingway's got a book coming out about this. A couple other folks have other books coming out about this. People who didn't usually pay attention to Supreme Court nomination fights. Like, you know, it's not like, uh, uh, gorsuch 's confirmation fight had this level. you know people paid attention to this. You need to be ready to do it. and She really seemed to think that she could do well on this one hand on the other hand, and so look, this is you know right after her nomination. this is you know an interview with the Louisville uh, courier, not a you know uh, you know hostile right wing. This was a softball, and she completely managed to shoot herself in the foot to mix metaphors uh, in on the first day of her campaign and I talked at pretty considerable length in today 's morning jolt. So, kind of continuing the conversation we started yesterday Greg like you know, beating Mitch McConnell is never going to be easy and if you've got a you know foot in-mouth candidate you know good night this is this is you know over before it begins so uh, again you know uh, you know, I, look you know sh- she'll continue to campaign but maybe this will puncture a little bit of the wildly unrealistic democratic high hopes they have for her and recognizing that she may not really be ready for prime time much less one of the toughest challenges in the
1: 2020 Senate election cycle. No, no, no. She absolutely has a chance. Keep donating. (laughs) Absolutely. This actually reminds me of Alison Lundergan-Grinds because wasn't she asked about whether she supported uh, Obamacare or the public option or something, and she flip-flopped all over the place on that? I'm not looking backward. I'm looking forward. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so fun. Jim, talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity of National Review. I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Don't forget to visit our friends over at Quip and get your electric toothbrush starting at $25. And then get your free refill pack of brushes for free at getquip.com slash martini. And tune in again Friday to the next Three Martini Lunch.
0: With the Lucky Lands slut, you can get lucky just about anywhere.